Are you interested in free theological training? Our flagship sponsor, Midwestern Seminary, offers free theological training through their For the Church Institute. This semester, they launched three new classes, New Testament 1 and New Testament 2 with Dr. Patrick Schreiner and Missional Leadership with Dr. Charles Smith. Both have been guests of the show. These classes, along with others they offer, The Story of Everything with Jared Wilson, The Trinity with Dr. Matthew Barrett, and more are all free and accessible to you, your community group, or your church to complete at your own pace. You can learn more and sign up to begin at mbts.edu slash knowingfaith. Again, that's mbts.edu slash knowingfaith for some free theological training from Midwestern Seminary. Go check it out. Welcome to After the Fact, a Knowing Faith mini episode where we look to take a big question and address it in just a few minutes. Our After the Fact episodes this season are brought to you by our season sponsor, Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. I love Midwestern's motto, for the church. That resonates so deeply with the goal of knowing faith, which is to see a theological movement that is both from and for the church. Joining us today is Dr. Matthew Barrett. Dr. Barrett is Professor of Christian Theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. He's also the founder and executive editor of Credo Magazine. He's the author of numerous books such as Simply Trinity, None Greater, and God's Word Alone, the recently released The Reformation as Renewal, Retrieving the One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church, and he's currently writing a systematic theology with Baker Academic. Dr. Barrett, welcome to After the Fact. Thanks for joining us. Hey, it's good to be back and uh, always good to join you. Well, uh, I was telling Dr. Barrett before we jumped on, I'm recording this with him. We had him on last season for an After the Fact and a full-length episode. Uh, We're recording live with him at the Gospel Coalition probably the week that this releases. So uh, we we should call you the the, the honorary member of Knowing Faith at this point, you know? Most people get sick of me by then, but uh, you guys have (laughs) have hung around and uh, I can't, it's inexplicable, but here we are. Well, here we are. I'm I'm just glad that in between writing, I don't know, 15 books concurrently that you could carve out just a little bit of time for us. And so I I really am excited. Right on the back behind me, the listener can't see it. I'm pointing, but if they saw it on video... Reformation. The Reformation book is right back there. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, Dr. Barrett. <laughs> I have not finished the book, okay? Uh, so don't don't fault me for it. Don't start quizzing me. Uh, but what I have read so far at the beginning is really interesting and really exciting. And so thank you for writing that book. Absolutely. All right. So here's the big question. What is the value for non-Catholics? I'm not a Catholic. Dr. Barrett, you're not a Catholic. What is the value for non-Catholics in learning and reading from ancient Catholic theologians? Mm, What a good question. I'm a professor teaching seminary students, but maybe some listeners don't know that I'm also a pastor in the local church, have been uh, as long as uh, I have been in ministry, really. And uh, so this is something I've thought through a lot because I think it really matters for the Christian life, not just for what we believe, but for how we live and love one another. Let me see if I can put it this way. Let's go all the way back to Jesus, right? When Jesus was getting ready 
Remember, he's making these promises about how he's going to die and rise again, and it's so perplexing for his disciples and a bit scary and terrifying to think, are, are we going to be orphans? Uh, what does all of this mean? And, of course, he comforts them in many ways by promising the Holy Spirit. One of the things I just love, I just love that Jesus said this. It, was, it had to be such a, a comfort to them. He basically says, listen, I'm going to build my church and not even— the gates of hell itself will triumph and prevail. And I think that when you couple that promise with his other promise, which is, I'm going to send, the Father and the Son are going to send the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit is going to be with you and even in you as temples of the Holy Spirit so that the truth carries forward, even in the midst of blood being spilled. Well, when you put those two things together, I think we have a marvelous truth in our hands, and it's this. To be a Christian, to be united to Christ, also means we've been united to his body. And if that's the case, if we've been united to Christ and his body, the church, and if his promise is true, then that means Jesus did not abandon his church for, say, I don't know, 1,600 years until the Reformation showed up. <laughs> I know sometimes we're in the habit of thinking that way. Right. But it means that in different ways, sometimes very visibly, sometimes more subtly, he came through on that promise. Now, if, if you believe that, then that opens up a whole new world. Granted, it may be a strange world, but a whole new world to you as a Christian, because that means you can go back in time and look for traces and marks of God's grace across the centuries in which he has worked very powerfully through an Athanasius or an Augustine, a Chrysostom, or a Thomas Aquinas, and so many others, both to help us understand the Scriptures better— yeah. Many of these these individuals were were preachers, and they wrote commentaries, but also to to contemplate God and to understand what it means to know God in a theological sense, because many of them wrote theological books as well. The second thing I'll say is they often labored in the midst of difficult, sometimes even threatening hmm. circumstances. God put them in a time and place in which heresies came from within the church, and they were forced to wrestle with the truth to discern what do the scriptures mean, what do they not mean. At times, it was so tough, they didn't know, is the church going to survive? It was hard to tell. And so they had to defend the faith as, as guardians of, the, of sound doctrine. For this reason, we stand on their shoulders so that, especially with matters of Christian orthodoxy, mm -hmm. think of the doctrine of the Trinity or the attributes of God or the person of Christ. Well, we are incredibly indebted to them. I think then that this means uh, that we should approach the past with humility, not because they were perfect, they were not, mm -hmm. but knowing that God has come through on his promise and we can actually learn from those who came before us and we are, as a church, indebted to them uh, for uh, especially the orthodox beliefs that we cherish to this day.
that's really helpful. So if a listener is hearing you out and going, you know what, I, I really just read a lot of current stuff. And this is where a lot of people start yeah. in their theological journey. You know, they, they get a book by Tim Keller or John Piper, or they get a book by your colleague, Jared Wilson, and they pick it up and it's kind of their first exposure to something outside of the Bible, kind of in that Christian secondary literature space. And they're going, you know, I've never really read anything from the ancients. What Catholic theologian from the early church, would you point to maybe what work and say, you know what, if you're just trying to get your start here, this would be a place I could commend to you without any strings attached. You could go and read this. And I think most of everything you glean from it is going to be valuable. You know, what? I love this question. I hate answering it because I feel like I'm uh, basically working myself out of a job. Okay. All right. <laughs> but but honestly, I, I have to say, you know, as much as I love writing books and want people to read them, and please do, <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't go to me first. You know, yeah, um, sure. if, if you have a very limited amount of time, go to some of these ancients first. Mm-hmm. If I had to put my finger on just one example, a little yeah. book very small but profound, is by Athanasius, the church father who defended the doctrine of the Trinity when a heresy mm-hmm. known as Arianism came from within the church and, and threatened the doctrine of, of the Trinity as we know it from the Nicene Creed. Well, Athanasius was so pivotal. He wrote so many, so many different works. One of the books he wrote during his lifetime is called On the Incarnation. Yeah. And I have to say, you got to get the little edition with the preface by C.S. Lewis. Oh, yeah. That little preface is worth the book itself because C.S. Lewis answers this same question. Mm-hmm. And he says, for every new book I read, he says, I tell my students, you need to go back and you need to read one, two, goodness, read three, four, five old books Because we need to avoid the chronological snobbery of our day Mm. and learn from the insights of those on whose whose shoulders that we stand to to this day. So Athanasius, On the Incarnation, get the edition with C.S. Lewis. Why would we do this? Well, here's, here's something to think about. It's tempting, isn't it, to think, well... I'm alive in the 20th century, 21st century. I, I know better as an individual. But that's a very mm-hmm. modernist mindset. If we've been saved by Christ and if, if we've been united to Christ and his church, well, that means that we should be linking arms with brothers and sisters down through the ages, what we call the church universal yep. or Catholic with a small c. Yep. We link arms with them as a church because we are uniting around those core tenets of the Christian faith. And Athanasius, on the incarnation, he gives you the person and work of Christ in a very succinct and beautiful way that helps you understand the gospel itself. So that's a great place to start. And I bet, as intimidating as it might seem to go back so far in time and read someone that talk so differently. I think you will find him to be a warm companion, and it may just open up a whole new world to other authors as well. I I couldn't agree more. I think that is a great place to start, and that's a great time for us to land the plane on this episode. Dr. Barrett, thank you for joining us on this episode of After the Fact. Thanks for having me. After the Fact is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Are you ready to take your next step in theological training? You should consider Midwestern Seminary and how their For the Church vision can equip you through formal theological education. Learn more about how to get started at mbts.edu slash knowingfaith, mbts.edu slash knowingfaith. 
Did this episode spark an interest to learn more about Jesus, the Bible, or just theology in general? You can receive free theological training through Midwestern Seminaries for the Church Institute, where you can learn more about the Old and New Testament, Christian theology, preaching, leadership, and more, even at your own pace. Learn more and get started today at ftcinstitute.com. Again, that's ftcinstitute.com for free training on Old and New Testament, Christian theology, preaching, and leadership. Go and check out these incredible resources from our season sponsor.